1999 The Podcast is a production of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts on movies, comics, and all things pop culture, head to cageclub.me. To contact us with questions, comments, or just to say hi, send us an email at 1999 at cageclub.me. You can find me on Twitter at ProbablyRealJB and Joey at SoulPopped. And you can follow the show on Twitter at 1999thepodcast. To support the show, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. The show is written, produced, and edited by us. Welcome to 1999 The Podcast. I am John Brooks. And I am Joey Lewandowski. Joey, how are you today? I am good. This is a rare midday record of this intro. This mm-hmm. is the sun is out. 1999 is basically a podcast cloaked in darkness. <laughs> uh, yes, as as the history of 24 years ago, now long forgotten, is cloaked mm-hmm. in darkness. So yeah. too do we record this podcast largely at night. Sometimes at godly hours and sometimes at ungodly ones, but rarely in the middle of the day while the sun's out and my dog's on my lap and uh-huh. all that, all that good stuff. I am sitting yeah. here with my dog, Lucy, who is on my lap right now. Hi, Lucy. Uh, you want to say hi? She's kind of swallowed and nodded. I heard a noise. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure that's dog for hi. Um, anyway, speaking of talking animals... Oh boy. Is that good? Good transition. Today we are discussing the other big animated hit from 1999. We talked in the Toy Story 2 episode about the so-called Disney renaissance that began in 1989 with The Little Mermaid. Today's movie is often seen as the capstone of that renaissance, marking the end of the studio's hand-drawn era. Disney would continue to release popular hand drawns like Lilo and St- or Lilo and Stitch, Lilo and Stitch, Lilo and Stitch, Lilo, yeah, Lilo and Stitch, The Emperor's New Groove, and The Princess and the Frog. Though none of them were the caliber of summer blockbuster as this one is. Directed by future Frozen co-director Chris Buck, alongside Kevin Lima, written by Tab Murphy, Rob Zudiker, and Noni White, based on the stories of Edgar Rice Burroughs, with songs written and performed by Phil Collins and a score from legendary speed composer Mark Mancina, and starring Tony Goldwyn, Mini Driver, Glenn Close, Lance Henriksen, Nigel Hawthorne, Rosie O'Donnell, and returning 1999ers Wayne Knight and Brian Blessed. Today's movie, by request, is Tarzan, parentheses, 1999, close parentheses. So, Joey. Yeah. What's Tarzan about? So in a reverse Paddington situation, a British couple and their infant son shipwreck in Africa. The parents are killed by a leopard, but the kid, our titular Tarzan, is saved by an ape named Kala, who just lost her own child to a leopard. Tarzan is raised as an ape, becoming one with the animals. Years later, there's Lucy, British explorers arrive along with Jane of, quote, you Tarzan, me Jane fame to study the apes. Jane gets separated, meets Tarzan. She introduces him to the other explorers who teach him to speak English. They fall in love, obviously. One explorer manipulates poor Tarzan by saying Jane will stay if he brings them to the gorillas. Tarzan obliges, but he's an ape man between worlds and conflict arises. After learning who he really is, Tarzan decides to leave with Jane back to England, but gets ambushed by an explorer seeking to capture and sell the apes for profit. Tarzan escapes, rallies the apes, and saves the day. Jane and her father decide to stay and live happily ever after. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And of course, most of the uh, major beats of that story are pretty well known. 
because Tarzan is a pretty old, well-established Just character. like Beauty and the Beast, it's a tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. But what made this movie significant was, of course, that this was the first ever big screen adaptation of Tarzan. As long as you discount the 40-ish films made before it. Including the Casper Van Dien starring Tarzan in the Lost City, made just the previous year, and the handful made since. Tarzan's on-screen life actually begins in 1918 with the silent film Tarzan and the Apes, starring Elmo Lincoln, which is a great name, cool. as, as the, <laughs> the, the second most famous Elmo, uh, as, the mm, adventure, <laughs> as the adventuring ape man. Lincoln would go on to portray Tarzan two more times, and then in 1932, the role was claimed by its most famous star, the Errol Flynn of Tarzan movies, the former Olympic swimmer Johnny Weissmuller in Tarzan the Ape man weissmuller would portray tarzan in 12 different movies from 1932 to 1948 before the role passed to lex barker for five movies and then gordon scott for six between 1955 and 1960 the most famous tarzan of the modern era was christopher lambert in 1984's oscar-winning greystoke a reference to the family estate of john clayton the name that was given to tarzan by his deceased birth parents disney's tarzan was a big hit but it had a giant budget, made for $130 million. Ooh. It grossed 171 domestically mm. and 448 worldwide. There you go. And it was a big hit with critics as well. It was nominated for more than two dozen different awards and won the Oscar and Golden Globe for Best Original Song, Phil Collins' You'll Be In My Heart. It holds an 89% Rotten Tomatoes score with more than 100 reviews and a 79 Metacritic score with 27 reviews, putting its Metacritic score right in the middle of the pack for the Renaissance films, behind Beauty and the Beast with 95, Little Mermaid at 88, Lion King at 88, Aladdin at 86, and ahead of Hunchback of Notre Dame at 74, Hercules at 74, Mulan at 71, and I found this one surprising, Pocahontas at 58. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, Colors of the Wind is like just a fucking phenomenal song. Um, but I guess most of the rest of the movie isn't isn't that good. I don't know. It has really, really good music. Anyway, uh, 58 seems very, very low. Uh, but Tarzan's right in the middle of the pack. Beauty and the Beast, of course, is the highest one. That was the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture. Um, so in terms of uh, where it ranks in that list, uh, pretty respectable. Uh, sure. It also holds four Metacritic 100s. From Lisa Allspector of Reader, Peter Stack of the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, Susan. Well, okay, hold on. I'm gonna try and say this right. This is one of those uh, one of those Polish names, like Lewandowski. Ooh. Susan Walashina, I think is how you pronounce it. Sure. Um, I, I hope. Before you ask, I don't know her. Walashina. I think it's Wolashina. It's okay. W and it's a lot of a lot of letters. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I tried to like look it up. I got fifteen different right answers of how to pronounce it, um, and so this is sort of where I fell in the middle. And then the bottom line is that Susan loved the movie. Susan loved this movie and is very likely Polish. And Roger Ebert, who wrote. Quote, Tarzan, like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, represents another attempt by Disney to push the envelope of animation. Taking a page from the Japanese, where animation is an accepted art form for serious films, Tarzan isn't a kiddie cartoon, but a movie that works on one level for children, who will like the Trash in the Camp production number, and another for adults who may stare at scenes like the one where the gorillas reveal themselves to their visitors. The Disney animators also borrow a technique that's been used by the Japanese of exaggerating the size of eyes and mouths to make emotions clearer. 
I saw Tarzan once, and I went to see it again. The kind of bright, colorful, hyperkinetic animation is a visual exhilaration. Animation cuts loose from what we can actually see and shows us what we might ideally see. Like Mulan in A Bug's Life, this is a film where grown-ups do not need to be accompanied by non-adult guardian. I liked Tarzan a lot. I didn't like it this. No, I think giving it 100 <laughs> out of 100 is a crazy thing, but it's a good movie. It is good. I um I was surprised there was any hundreds. Especially from Roger Ebert. Like, that's crazy. And Roger Ebert was always just very surprising with what movies he would just have this kind of rapturous Like, I respect to. it, but come on, man. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I love when someone loves a movie and wants to write gushingly about it. And I don't think anything he says here is wrong. I just, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that I, I it's, a, it's a hundred in my book. But uh, less rapturous and more in line with the general positive critical reaction, though, is the Austin Chronicles' Marjorie Bumgarden. Do you know her? Uh, no. Her? No, okay. Who wrote, the vibrancy of the images is reinforced by the smartness of the vocal characterizations. Goldwyn's adult Tarzan conveys a profound but angst-free curiosity. Driver's Jane is a beautifully realized blend of pert and saucy. Closest Kala expresses the boundlessness of a mother's love without ever becoming cloying. As Tarzan's best friend Turk, O'Donnell comes across as a pipsqueak Eddie Haskell, a nicely modulated version of the daytime hostess's brash but weaselly demeanor. Most surprising are the songs by Phil Collins. Unlike the usual Disney sing-alongs, the rock drummer's music is used primarily as an effective bridge between sequences. Only once does the movie stop for one of those cute show tune set pieces, and it seems out of place amid the otherwise propulsive jungle drum beats. Although the villainous parts of this Tarzan are a bit hazy and the animal attraction between Tarzan and Jane a bit chaste, the film, nevertheless, works both for children and the adults who are destined to watch it with them many times over. Score one hit for the, quote, wild flying man in a loincloth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. That's a little more where I'm, where I'm, where I'm coming sure. from. I think, and I, the, we, I, I don't know if we're going to talk about this in the episode or not, but I feel like the only goal... This might be a simplifying things, but the only goal with a Disney movie is make a movie that parents won't hate seeing 60 times. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the only goal, but, no, I, but I think, I think that's, that's if, if, if I mean, that's, that's actually probably a good goal for like any movie. <laughs> but I feel like given the way that kids tend to obsessively rewatch things, yeah. I feel like that's a pretty noble goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if like. I'm trying to think of if there is one of the big Disney movies where if my kid watched it, because like when 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 Teddy was was like three or four, she would watch Big Hero Six every day, multiple times a day mm-hmm. for several weeks in a row or like months, um, and that was fine. I had no problem like having that on in the background. Uh, she watched Monsters Inc. up until the time that Boo goes to bed, uh, and then would stop. Okay, all the time, over and over again, and I was fine with that. I'm trying to think of like. If there's a single Disney movie where if like my kid became obsessed with it and watched it all the time, if it would drive me bonkers, I don't, I can't think of one. I think that's a testament to Disney. I think there are lots of other. I'm sure that there are. You could name. There's no shortage of other things that you could name that uh, you would be happy if they never watched again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Disney has a pretty good track record. Even like I think you know we've talked about probably in other episodes in here. Even like a bad Disney movie or like an okay, a quote unquote bad Disney movie is still yeah. better than a lot of other movies. Yeah. 
Uh, I did the Habits detractors, uh, including the ever-engaging but frequently wrong David Edelstein, who wrote, quote, Critics of all persuasions have been beating their breasts and warbling for Disney's new Tarzan cartoon. They're half right. The movie is a collision between inspiration and tastelessness, between the defiantly quirky and the wholesomely homogenized. I hated it in principle. I hate mo most modern Disney cartoons, but adored a good deal of it in practice. The storyboarding frequently pr borders on genius, and few cartoon characters have the gorgeously dizzy aplomb of Mini Driver's Jane. That is a complicated, confusing review. A lot of David Edelstein's reviews are complicated and confusing and are emotional roller coasters of his experience. I hated it, but here's a lot of great stuff. Like on principle. Unabashed compliments of this thing that I just said I hated. Going into it, I thought it would be bad, and so here's some good things. Uh I love Edelstein. I think he's a really interesting writer and a really interesting critic, but like that's pretty much how he writes most it's, of it's his like reviews. it's like gobbledygook. I don't know what you're saying, my man. <laughs> Uh, and among a few critics with the film's lowest Metacritic rating of 50 uh, is Vulture's Peter Rayner, who wrote, quote, In the new Disney animated feature Tarzan, which has some first-rate animation and some second-rate storytelling, the ape-man glimpses his first human and wails to his ape-mom, Why didn't you tell me there were creatures who looked like me? Actually, aside from his Rasta locks, the creature Tarzan most looks like is Fabio. He's been given that hyper-physiqued appearance that animators now so often equate with superheroism. Even Moses in The Prince of Egypt had it. He's also been given a lustier yell. None of that Johnny Weissmuller jungle yodel for this guy. When he finally hooks up with Jane, he gets so worked up that he surfs the treetops. It's a high-flying form of autoeroticism, and it points... <laughs> And it points up just how sublimated Tarzan is. He might not have been so deprived if the animators had seen fit to introduce a few Africans into the jungle, but there's nary a one. Perhaps Disney thought the best way to get around the Ooga Booga stereotype was to eliminate blacks altogether. It's the Neutron Bomb version of political correctness. You know, I like the movie, but I, I kind of don't disagree with anything in that review. I don't either. Um, although I'm not sure, like the observations that he makes make the movie worse. They're just correct. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm like, I objectively kind of agree with all of that. Um, it's worth pointing out that Edgar Rice Burroughs never went to Africa and that the whole sort of, the whole sort of vision of Tarzan is pretty specifically one of like a Westerner kind of dreaming of what it must be like. Um, and so from that perspective, it sort of makes sense because it's very much like a white people sort of imperialist story. Sure. Um, I don't know. Anyways, we're nearly a quarter of a century later and in the age of ubiquitous 3D animation, does Tarzan still hold up? So let's talk about it with our guest. So Joey, who requested Tarzan? Our guest today is artist, senior editor at IDW and girlfriend of this podcast number one <laughs> fan. We have with us today, Heather Antos. All right, we'll be right back with Heather to talk about Tarzan. Some, some, something. Can you show me? I want to know that the strangers like me. Okay. Wow. We got it all. <laughs> Welcome, Heather. Nice to have you with us. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. 
Um, you want to let's let's talk about who you are. So here's some facts I know about you. Uh, you, you. This has never happened before. This is the first time we've ever had facts recited on the podcast. You do art things. Uh, yeah. You are what the kids call a nerd. Yeah. Eh. Don't eh. end that. Yes, you uh, are. And you and you know my friend Aaron Cooter. And that's all I got. I do. I didn't know you guys were friends. He doesn't call me by my name. He just calls me Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I run into him at a show, he's like, "What's up, Michigan?" I I served Aaron coffee as he was as he was honing his craft to uh, to to draw the old comic books there. So. Well, ooh la la. That's 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 why we go back. He used to hang out in the cafe that I worked at in Ithaca, New York, and um, and uh, yeah. So small world. Uh, other than that, Heather, how would you describe yourself to strangers who are listening to you talk on a podcast right now? Very tired. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> it's relatable content. Weird energy on this episode very... from everybody already. This is a weird episode. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Uh, yeah, for people who don't know me, I am a comic book editor by day um, and still a comic book editor by night because the mm-hmm. job never stops. So uh, I'm known mostly for my work on Star Wars, um, co-created the character Gwenpool for Marvel. And these days I'm on the other side of the galaxy in Star Trek. So, yeah. Turncoat. Cool. Yeah. Are the uh, Star Wars people mad at you? Uh, do they throw things from, from the Star Wars section at the Star Trek section and say... No, they're too busy they... throwing things at each other. Yeah. I think it's weird that people think that there's this like weird Star Trek Star Wars rivalry that's never existed. There's there it never has uh, at all. Um, the only the only time things ever like come up is is when I'm not, you know talking story or concepts or whatever with licensors and they're like, well, this looks too much like Star Trek or this looks too much like Star Wars, you know, because they all have their very you know uh, brand identity of how the technology looks and works and all of this stuff and and to you know i understand it to a certain degree but also to another degree they're both fictional (laughs) space stories so it's all made up (laughs) i think it made sense when they were like the only two space things for like three years um but that really hasn't been and and one of them is like one of them is sci-fi and the other one is like fantasy in space they're not even the same genre anyhow um cool glad you could join us your choice for movie was 1999's Tarzan. Yes. Why did you pick this movie? So uh, I became aware of this podcast because my boyfriend who went to college with Joey is uh, this podcast is uh, number one fan. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've, we've mentioned it before, but we're not going through it today because he doesn't get all the free. He's also never invited. Yeah. Nope. Never. Uh, never. Never. I'll let him know. But um, he's talking about it. And I was like, well, I want to be, I like movies. I want to be on this podcast. And and literally, for whatever reason, I was thinking of what's a great 99 movie that I know no one else will think of because it's yeah. just not going to, you know, that I know off the top of my head, no one else will think of one because they won't consider it when you're talking like great films. A lot of times people just, just write off animation regardless um, for whatever reason. Uh, and then, it's just not considered, you know, I would, everyone's going to go to Matrix, right? Everyone's going to go to, to those, <laughs> those films. Um, 
And yeah, I just the instantaneously like Tarzan, obviously, that was the first thing that came to mind. And I think I texted Joey. You sent to me on November 22nd. <laughs> so I hear you have a 1999 movie <laughs> podcast that I haven't been a guest on dot 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 dot. Yeah, exactly. And I said, I don't ever do the booking, but I know a guy. And there are there, and there are any movies <laughs> you want to do in particular? And you said, Have you done Tarzan? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And I said, Not yet. I'll run it by the boss. And then the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, literally, I thought of it right away. Obviously, Tarzan, duh. So yeah, and here we are. I I'm glad you picked it. I um, it's one of those movies that I certainly thought about when we were planning our first. Um, like the, our, our, our two rounds of essential movies, like this came to mind. Ultimately, I think it got, it got one-upped by Toy Story 2 and that mm-hmm. sort of fit that space as like the big Disney 99 movie that was a landmark in animation. I think this is in different ways and for different Hugely, reasons. Yeah. And like the, the legacy of Tarzan is, is, is very strange because of what was going on around the time. And I think that's why it sort of isn't interesting in any nine movies. So I, I've wanted to talk about it. I didn't know how we were going to fit it in. Um, I don't think too many people would want to uh, have it be their, their choice. So I'm glad uh, that you stepped no. in and forced us I'm obsessed with this movie. Like I was obsessed with it as a kid. I, I, you know, love rewatching it. There's just, you know, from the music animation, like the, the new things it set the, just like the barriers it broke for Disney in general, the last of the Disney Renaissance film, you know, like there's just so many cool Mm. elements about this film on top of, at least at the time, it was the darkest slash bloodiest Disney animated film. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Phil Collins, so, you know. <laughs> well, on that note then, so you were obsessed with it as a kid. When and in at, at what age did you first see this movie? I was nine years old when it came out. Um, so I saw it in theaters. And uh, as you mentioned up top, I am an artist. My my job is in art. Uh, you know, I was, I've been drawing my whole life. And so I was obsessed with the, the you know, golden era of Disney films and when, when had all the animation books and would draw all the characters. And, you know, this one was really cool. I, I ate all the behind the scenes features on the, on the DVDs because they, you know, they rotoscoped Tony Hawk skateboarding for those cool, you know, vine sliding sequences, but you still had the 3d painted backgrounds and there's still that, you know, the little bit of 3d animation. It's such a cool corner of animation history it's right before everything went cg um yeah and and yeah. I, and it, it just it, you know there's such an f uh this this energy to the art that really you know spoke to me even as nine years old yeah it's interesting you say that because again like with the with the toy story 2 factor that movie so Toy Story 1 had come out, obviously, and Bugs Life had as well. Um, but it was Toy Story 2, I think, where the kind of proof of concept of how sophisticated this could look and um, and what animated features would look like going forward really was sort of cemented. And this movie and Toy Story 2 were separated by like five, five six months, right? So... Um, yeah, it is. It is really interesting because there is a lot of. As I was watching it, I saw 
the way that this like leads to Frozen, mm-hmm. right? And like in 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 a, in a way that I hadn't before, where like th- this uses a lot of computer generated uh, animation uh, along with the like, traditional hand drawn stuff. And it, um, yeah, I think that this is a connective tissue in a way that maybe people don't think about or appreciate as much as as maybe they should. Um, which is maybe one of the reasons why it gets kind of overlooked, I think, in the in the in the Disney canon. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think also, you know, the non-traditional musical show tunes of it, yeah. of it all, yes. you know, it does kind yeah. of make it. I mean, it's just Phil Collins. It's it's literally just like Phil Collins. They're like, Phil, do you want to do music for this? And he's like, Yeah, but I got to sing it all, right? Like that's kind <laughs> of, <laughs> except for Trash in the Camp, which that's you know a piece in and of itself, but. I, yeah. I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, in what was it, 87, they did Oliver and Company and Billy Joel wrote all that music, but he didn't sing yeah. it. Like, no. so no, yeah. uh, it's just it's just very interesting in that regard. And, and it, it, it feels very Disney traditional, but yet so epic. And, you know, as we said before, it is darker than the vast majority of, you know, Disney films for children. So um and it's right at the time that that you know that 3d animation toy story pixar era was really really yeah. gaining steam so yeah. yeah it did win an oscar though it did still win an it, oscar <laughs> it did <laughs> as Phil. we talked about in the south park episode that we did um because quite famously the south park guys were not thrilled <laughs> they're obviously superior music um, as much as I love You'll Be In My Heart, it's a great song. Um, yeah, obviously the South Park soundtrack and music and, and songs are superior. <laughs> and and the best songs written for a movie that year, which includes Amy Mann. So like, it's that was also, I mean, man, the songs, the best song Academy Award that year. <laughs> Holy crap. Some good stuff. Um, I want to come back to a couple of points you just made in a second, but Joey, I, I am curious now. As to your history with Tarzan. I had never seen it before last night, and now wow. I've seen it. Joey Joey made a very poignant observation about it on Twitter, though. Yeah, it's Paddington in reverse. Yeah, it is. Minus the sandwiches. It's. I was surprised by the lack of plot for the first, like, half of the movie. Just like, oh, it's just a kid in the woods. And then, mm. like, the, the settlers show up, the explorers show up. I'm like, oh, okay. But I, I think I knew most of this because everyone knows Tarzan and Jane and everyone knows the shout and everybody knows he's like an ape man to a certain extent. But I didn't know the story beyond that. And there's not really much of a story beyond that. And no. that's okay because this movie is beautiful. Like, I think it's I think it's hard to compare maybe to Toy Story 2, but like I was like almost literally stunned by how pretty yeah. this is. Like I was not yeah. ready for how good looking this movie was going to be. Um like even just streaming on Disney Plus, like not even like with a Blu-ray or a 4K yeah. disc or whatever's out, like just the streaming, it's like unbelievably good looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was amazed by how good it looked. Um, yeah, I I have a I I okay. The first time I think the first time I saw this was on a plane. But really, sweet. yes. Was it back when there was only one movie for the entire plane? <laughs> No, no, it was when you could like select from. I was, I think there it was on British Airways, no. <laughs> and I think it was on British Airways, and I think I had a little thing on the back of my on the back of my chair, um, where I could select movies from. I 
meant to go see it in the theater. Here's what happened. Um, so, Joey, this is a little bit of a story. So this ties into a couple of movies that we've... Okay, well, here's here's what happened. We went to go see Austin Powers 2. Is that this year? Yeah, we're going to get to it. Oh, boy. Unfortunately. No, Austin Powers 2 came out before 2023. Heather? Yeah. Uh, so we went to go <laughs> see that with, with a bunch of my friends. And and for whatever reason, the movie, the Regal Movie Theater was doing uh, like a pre-movie trivia game. And if you won the trivia, then you got a free movie pass. So... The question was about a movie that was coming out soon, and I knew the answer, and so I, I shot my hand up, and I answered the question, and I got it right. And, Joey, the answer to the question, is this, question... is this Jeopardy style? Are you giving me the answer? I need to give you the question? No, 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 no. no. I'm just telling you, is the next movie we're covering? Oh, okay. I, I meant to look up, because I know that's... Almost literally the only thing I know about this movie that we're doing next <laughs> is that you answered a trivia question about it in 1999. You don't know what the movie is? I know what the movie is. I know nothing about it. I want to know what the movie is. Well, I'm going to give a very vague clue at the end of this that I need to look up, but you'll see. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So anyways, so I won, I won free passes, and, and my friend Mike and I had gone to see Star Wars already a hundred times, so... We were like, oh, I want to see that Tarzan movie. And I was like, cool, let's go use the free passes to go see the Tarzan movie. And so I go... And you didn't know and... that the screening was on an airplane to to England. <laughs> no, this is, this is long before that. So I go to the box office and I was like, we, you know, I asked. And then so I gave them the passes. And I guess Tarzan was a premium movie, mm. which was not eligible for passes. Oh, no. And so what I did was I waved my hand in front of her like this, and I go, passes will do fine. And she just looks at me blankly like I'm an idiot, because I was, and the Jedi mind trick didn't work, which is, it worked in Phantom Menace, but it didn't work here. Uh, and so I didn't see Tarzan <laughs> until I was on a flight, like several years later, or no, like a year later, probably. So but, you um, saw it in all of its six-inch, probably 360 Yes. Glory. Yeah, and did not appreciate how. I mean, I, I think I got a sense of how beautiful it was in that, and I enjoyed it. Like watching it on the plane, it was really good. Is this um, a movie that music. your daughters had seen before? Is this one of their favorites? Did they did no, they see it for the first time? Did you show it to them this it, week? We were having a uh, a watch an accidental watch party with mm. Heather and Tyler. Um, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on saturday night and they had watched i they they might i think they've said they've seen it but like probably when they were not paying attention and like two so well so i um, asked my sister because my sister was born in 91 so she would have been seven or eight when this came out and i was like did you see this growing because i don't think i've ever seen this like i think i just i might have seen it but i also think like i was saying before the cultural osmosis like i just know about it but she's like yeah i saw it but like it wasn't like important like it wasn't a movie that she saw a bunch of she'd seen it but it wasn't one that I think I think like played in our house that often. So like I genuinely don't know. It's because I, I think all that like if you're a child of the '90s, it's like you've seen all the Disney movies in one form or another, whether you've actually seen them or not. Right. You just kind of know them. Yeah. And so I don't know. But like this isn't one that she was not. It's not like particularly. You know, she's not. It's not close to her heart or whatever. It's not in her heart. As, it's not as the close to her heart. <laughs> no, it's not close to her heart. 
Something, something. I like that on I, Disney Plus. Like they give the song like about ninety seconds. They're like, you get it. You want to watch Moana? But like they, <laughs> they, keep it, they keep it full. They keep it full screen for like a while, and then they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. <laughs> you know the song, right? Okay, we'll we'll move on from here. Um, <laughs> so. We have, after this movie, Joey, three movies in the top ten left for us to cover. This wasn't the top um, ten. As, this wasn't as the top As we talked 10. about in the intro, clearly. Yes. Mm-hmm. This was sixth. Wow. And Toy Story 2 was third. And, uh, like, this to me is, it, it's like, this was a huge hit. It was the sixth highest grossing movie of a ridiculous year for movies and and it you'd think that with that it would it would have far more of a mem- long memory and legacy but again the other disney animated movie was was three slots above it well this is before um, pixar was and, disney if we're if we're gonna be nerds about it let's be nerds about it no they were disney at this point it was disney pixar when did disney was, by the, pixar they were in a, 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 an, a, an well, alliance with them. Well, they bought it in 2006. Yes, they bought it outright, but they produced and re- and distributed the movies oh. uh, before that. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, so produced by Pixar for Disney. Did not know that. Yeah. I, mean, I yes. should listen to that episode that we did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for more about Toy Story 2, listen to our entire episode that we did where we covered pretty much everything about it. Um Wow, Toy yeah, Story 2 so, is even overtaking this episode. I see where your loyalties I lie. I know. This is, I've, I'm, yeah, it's all, all he wants to talk about is Toy Story 2. Okay, I also have another theory, Heather, and I want to know if this is if what you think about this. Okay. Um, so when we think, you, you mentioned the, um, the Renaissance, mm-hmm. which most people typically, you know, say from, it's, from, it's from Little Mermaid to, to Tarzan, right? So it's Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan. Yeah. Right? And Were you reading or is that all at the top of your head? Off the top of my that head. That was in wow. the order of release. Yeah. 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 Wow. I lived it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all did. I didn't know it. Lived it all. Yeah, but I was, I was, I was 12 when Beauty and the Beast came out. Couldn't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't born yet, so there. You weren't born. Well, you were you born? Oh, 90, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah so I was thinking Little Mermaid. You weren't Mermaid. born for, you yeah, yeah, born yeah, for yeah, Little Mermaid. Mermaid. I was I was 10 when Little Mermaid My first out. memory, fun fact, my first cognizant memory is me, like, two years old, seeing a trailer for Aladdin and not Ooh. understanding that trailers predate movies coming to theaters. And for yes. whatever reason, I needed to see that movie now. <laughs> and my parents could not make me understand. <laughs> that is the goal of trailers. It worked too well. Um, it worked very, very well. <laughs> pretty great movie. I so here's my here's my thinking. Yes. I think like I, I keep going back to the fact that The Lion King is is just such a singular movie. The Lion King is just such a ridiculously fantastic mm-hmm. and 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 spellbinding. And like I, I I never get tired of it. It is a it is a phenomenal movie, and I wonder if like the Lion King sort of set expectations way too high for everything that followed it. 
because it seems to me that like everything after the Lion King um, was always was never quite living up to the Lion King and even Aladdin right right before that um, in, in terms of just like the sheer perfection of it that the Renaissance peaked with the second third and fourth film of of the renaissance and then there's this this sense that there's kind of a downward trajectory and that tarzan i think intentionally kind of did something different uh by not making it a broadway musical mm-hmm. um and, and not sort of going you know just having like phil collins do a few songs that really it aren't is, even like it's a weird choice what they wind up with though yeah yeah like yeah i, I was because I think, I, I I guess I was thinking about it, like, because I, again, knew nothing about it, but I thought it was going to be, like, a typical sort of Disney musical. And I don't mean, that, like, in any kind of condescending way, just, like, I thought I knew the format. And then it's like, no, there's, like, kind of, like, an omniscient narrator who sings for the first, like, 20 minutes and then disappears. It's like, wait, hold, wait, where, what? Wait, where's... <laughs> mm. It's mm-hmm. a weird, like, it's it's telling the story like you would in a normal musical, but it's not from a character. It's from just it's- a guy Right. One of the most popular singers of the time, you know, it's, it's like if, if like all of a sudden Justin Bieber is, is doing all the music for (laughs) a movie or something. (laughs) Yeah. But, and also like, but Phil Collins was already over the peak of his career at that point. Yeah. It was, it's very much like where Elton John was when the, the, the Lion King. Right. And I think that was sort of part of the thinking was the Elton John element of the Lion King was commercially really, really powerful because on top of the movie, you had these like pop song versions of the songs from the movie that, that made gajillions. Right. And I'm sure Disney got a cut of all that. Um, and so just like cut, cut the middleman, right? cut yeah. out the like Alan Menken, Tim Rice part of it and just go straight into the pop part of it. And, and it works for me, but I wonder if that like, I don't know if the, if the diversion from the formula is not only part of what makes this movie great, but also why it's not quite, it doesn't quite resonate as I like th- one of those things people go to. I would agree with it. I think, you know, I think that's part of that reason is why it holds up and still like, you know, especially we're watching as an adult, you know, um, like T- Tyler um, had never seen it before. And, right. you know, he's not one for the, you know, show tunes or musical or any of that Disney stuff, but because it was just Phil Collins throwing out bangers left and right, <laughs> Uh, you know, like at the end of the movie, he's like, that was rad. That was badass, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it is, but, but I think not having the characters themselves singing, like, you know, like Disney films, especially of the era, like are pretty dark. Uh, they deal with some pretty dark themes, but it's hard. Wait, where's, hold on. Hold on. What's, what's, what's that? What's, is there a train? Oh, I live next to a train <laughs> track. Yeah. That's, that's my train outside my window. It's less than a hundred feet. Okay. <laughs> I was like, is that someone's ringtone? What is going on? My anyway, train. go ahead. You know she lived there for a while that she didn't even bat an eye. Like, I know, I know. I no, I lived near I lived I lived in the same like growing up, my house was basically in the same situation and I just like after, you know, I yeah, slept you, through it every night and it's it was wild. Yeah. Um, but you know, they deal with some really dark themes, but it's hard to, you know, I guess fixate on those themes when there's a kid lion singing about how much he just can't wait to be king and there's a silly, you know, toucan and like all of this stuff, right? And not a toucan, right, but right. um and 
you don't have any of that in Tarzan and it is rather dark. And I'm wondering, you know, it is, it was like you said, the sixth highest grossing film of the year, but, but I'm wondering how much like rewatchability like parents had with their kids. Like, are they going to mm. put on Tarzan at home versus the Lion King versus, you know, um, other stuff. And I, you know, that's, that's a thing I just wonder because as, the Disney Renaissance era, you know, the, the first one was about mermaids and you had a lot of anthropological characters and Beauty and the Beast, you know, and uh, as, as the movies kept going, it, it was dealing with more human, you know, themes like war <laughs> with Mulan yeah. again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, like I'm, I'm as great as all those movies are. And I love all of those movies um for various things there is something special about lion king there ain't no humans in it and that in and of itself makes it stand out from every single other one of the films mm. i will say watching this movie for the first time baby tarzan yes reminded me of spider from avatar the way of water have either of you seen avatar the way of water no. The third highest grossing film of all I'm time. I'm so behind with like. I haven't watched movies. the first Avatar. You don't need to. I have. Really? I also don't care, and I can't watch anything in 3D. And I'm not going to spend twenty five dollars to go see a three hour movie that I don't well, care about if I can't actually watch it. It's on VOD at the end of the month, so go do that. No. Uh, so. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> It's very good. Anyway, there's a kid. In I like the first Avatar a lot. I just, I, I who just is a human child who lives with the Navi, and it reminds me because, like, it, it's also. I mean, this is all animated, and that's not like the 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 work they do to make it seem seamless is mind blowing if you think about it. But like, just mm. the seeing the human kid moving like the other non humans around him mm. was very reminiscent. I'm sure that I would imagine James Cameron probably digs this movie. Well, I'd also, I mean, I think just just Tarzan in general. I mean, the Avatar borrows very heavily from Tarzan, as does a gajillion other things, right? That that have been that have been created since. Um, not you know this movie, but but the character goes back 111 years now, right? So whoa, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. The first the first Tarzan was published in 19. 19- 12 well isn't tarzan other than dracula like he's like the most adopted character of all time i think in film yes so there there's at least 45 film adaptations of tarzan um or various tarzan books burroughs wrote like something like 20 different tarzan books um so it it was a very like a, a a pulp kind of serial thing but the the basic DNA of Tarzan is is been recycled a million times and like I haven't seen the second Avatar but the first Avatar certainly um, ver- bars very much heavily from uh, f- from the sort of Tarzan mm-hmm. blueprint. Can we talk about my biggest surprise of this movie? Yeah, which was I thought Tarzan was voiced by Brendan Fraser because. 
I know that 99, big year for Fraser. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm saying, I'm saying the name right. Fraser, right? Fraser. Fraser. Mm-hmm. Fraser. Okay. Yeah. Trying to remember the drop that you dropped. Fraser with an F. 50 times? <laughs> Fraser. Um, <laughs> and I'm conflating him with George of the Jungle. Like, this is definitely yeah. a uh, Sinbad played Shazam, Shazam. movie. Because yeah. I'm just like, I know that he did an eight-man human of the jungle or whatever. Yes. And I know he had a 99 movie. He must be Tarzan. And no, he's not. He is not. He auditioned for Tarzan. He, he he did audition for this role. They gave it to Tony Goldwyn because Tony Goldwyn, in his audition, um, had a had a sort of a like he he was able to present the sort of like animalistic ferocity, uh, in the audition that they were looking for. Um, and he just sort of like improvised that, and they were like, "He's perfect. He's great." I have to say. Um, while we're on that subject, though, uh, that the voice cast for this, I think, is one of the best set of performances, voice performances, in any animated film I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, it is it is so well acted, and I don't think that's something that people talk about a lot. Rosie is great. Yep. What if Newman but Elephant is great? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Toy Story 2 and 1999 and animated films, Wayne Knight, you are everywhere, my man. What's going on? I do. I want. I want to go back just for one second. We can go to the thing. So you're saying that the lead in this is Nepo Nepo Baby, and we also have Lily Collins, time Nepo Baby, like the most Nepo Baby, and then Lily Collins, Nepo Baby, voice of Baby Ape. This is cancel cancel this movie. Uh, what do you, what do you think of Minnie Driver in this movie? I love her. I, I, she's one of my favorites in this film. I think she does an excellent job. I just read today that her, uh, out of breath, you know, telling her father about, um, you know, her encounter with Tarzan, she ad-libbed that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a great scene. Um, no, I, I think she's excellent in this, um, and I didn't realize until this rewatch how much the character is modeled off of her, like her face and everything. Like you can, you yeah. can see her in that. I don't love, I don't love the way that she's drawn. Really? It, it, so, yeah. Something about it is like, I don't know. Uh, something about it bothers me. It's the, it's the one character that I'm not, I'm not into the way it's drawn. I love that like Clayton is basically just like, you know, older Gaston. Yeah. <laughs> And that her dad is basically Belle's dad, and it's yeah. like, you know, we're sort of we're, we're recycling some of the greatest hits here. But um, yeah, I never loved the artwork of Jane, but I love I love the way that Minnie Driver plays the character. And uh, there's not a, like Brian Blessed as Clayton. Speaking of voices from '99, who who did he voice in Phantom Menace? Yeah, Boss Nass. Boss Nass. Yeah, that's pretty wizard. Is that I use that right? Yeah. Um, Chris Buck was one of the two directors. And of course, he went on to do Frozen, which is why I think I was mm. thinking about Frozen as I was as I was watching it. Um, yeah, there's a lot in here as well that, it, again, artistically, um, I love the I love the way that the scenes when the animators are like showing off <laughs> are actually incredibly rewarding and and I, I i i didn't know about the tony hawk thing until i started doing some research for this um obviously you did joey do you know about this we sort no, of no i don't briefly. know anything about this movie that was brand new to me too but it came out in 1999 
Yes, it did, and it's an animated Disney movie. Uh, but also the starring Brendan Fraser. Yes, Brendan Fraser as the voice <laughs> of Tarzan. The scenes where he's like the scenes where he's basically like doing rail tricks um, on the vines. They 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 use actual footage of Tony Hawk as the model for that's super cool. Notes. Yeah. So this um, would have been like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two ish, yeah. which is <laughs> exactly which is which is the the best one. This so. is the heyday of Tony Hawk uh, Tarzan yeah. right here. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I also I, I think that like when watching those now, um, you know, all these years later, it's it's so fun because it's so impressive and like you can see that the animators are like. Again, it's sh- it's showing off. It's sort of like over the top, but it's in a way where the payoff is really entertaining. Um, it's so impressive to uh, to watch it, and just like the amount of um, of detail that goes into just like the physique of Tarzan and like the way that he moves, and it's 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 really this like magnum opus of of Disney two D animation. Where even like the ones that come after it, just I don't think even even touch this. Just the way they like his move, yeah, his movement as like walking like a gorilla, you know, versus learning to stand on two feet and and as as a human and emulating, you know, all of that and you know, just just everything is it's you can tell there's so much thought and accuracy that went into this mm-hmm. um, that is is really impressive. So how many times did you watch it when you were a kid? Um, I and don't did you watch know. it more than like other Disney movies? Was this like your favorite one? It definitely wasn't my favorite one. My favorite was was Little Mermaid, but I wasn't allowed to watch that when my younger sibling was born because they were afraid of Ursula. And so we had to watch A Bug's oh, Life because yeah, that was that their favorite. To, like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> too. Okay. Um, but it was probably the ones I watched regularly were Tarzan Mul- Mulan and Hercules. Those were the ones I probably watched the most. Um, I think there's a very good chance I've seen all of those a combined total of one time. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Mulan or Hercules. So you've seen each a third of a time? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, I only watched the first third. So can you let me know how this movie middles and ends? No, I don't think I've ever, like, I, I Mulan has definitely been, like, weirdly a blind spot, and I don't know if I've ever seen, I know Hercules, Herc, like, I know that, but I also don't think I've seen the movie. I think I just know that from, like, it's Eddie so Murphy, good. right? It's really good. I love Hercules. Uh, I mean, like, Disney doesn't really miss. Like, even when they miss, it's like, yeah, it was pretty good, right? Like, it, and especially in the sure. 90s. It's, don't don't you know, watch it's the hard. live action Mulan. That's a miss. But. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that's but that's solely because the the animation is so near and dear to my heart, and the live action Mulan is is nothing. it is it like nothing how does it, how do you how does the animation for those two compare to this? Is it similar in style? Is it like um, Mulan is definitely I would say leans more on the traditional side, like strictly traditional. There's some definitely um, CGI elements to it, but. Uh, you know the the backgrounds and movement and action and everything in Tarzan. You can tell like was highly reliant on mm. you know computer environments. Um, and then the big animated standout for Hercules um, was the Hydra battle, his first like real monster pa- battle. Um, yeah. Where you know you go back and rewatch that now, and 
it don't look so good. Uh, <laughs> that that the Hydra <laughs> part of the animation. Um, but I would say Hercules is like really known for its music. The soundtrack is really great, um, and that one is uh, super fun. But um, as an all around just feature, I would say Tarzan is the more impressive of those three for sure. Cool. Um, is there anything you don't like? I, I have a couple things that I like. Not that I don't like about it, but that I, uh, little gripes here and there. Anything you don't like about it, Joey? I will say I was surprised. I was expecting, and I think maybe I shouldn't have been expecting because I know that Disney's whole thing is killing parents, but I thought <laughs> that like Tarzan's parents would have shown back up. Like I, because no. we didn't see, like, Lord maybe of Lady I'm just, Greystoke die. Yeah. Maybe I am, um, conditioned by the fast and furious is to to look for a body and when they don't see a body i don't but they're like because the the mom girl is like what's what's her name i don't remember i don't know yeah Kala was just Lynn like close yeah yes. yeah the the jaguar who sings in movie, right? she's another she's another one of the ones who actually sings in movies she sings like one like yeah she has like yes. three sentences she sings yeah yeah but she's like oh yeah no uh jeffa killed Totally yeah. killed. That this, this is my baby now. I'm just like, were they killed? Because we never see that. Well, there's the deleted like, scene. I, I kept waiting where you do get to see the father die. Yeah. Ooh. But I was expecting them to show back up, yeah. and like I thought that would be the conflict, and like, oh no, he's our baby. Like we need to have him back, and it's like, no, it's just it's strangers. So I don't, I don't want to say that like I was. That's something I didn't like about it, but it's something that I was expecting to happen, and I thought it would have been would have been like a sort of an easier payoff, and like it didn't. But no, in the book, uh, Kerchak kills her his his parents. Double agent Alex Kerchak. Mm-hmm. Yes, double agent Lance Henriksen, who's also great in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Um, also a great vocal performance. Uh, no, but then then Kala uh, raises Hercules, and he becomes part of the tribe. Because he's like, oops, I killed your parents. So, um, but that probably wouldn't work for a Disney movie. They they changed a couple of things from <laughs> the source material here. Um, not in a way that I, I it still is regarded as a great uh, Tarzan adaptation um, by even even purists. But but there's some notable things that they change um, that don't again they don't affect the sort of like thrust of the story or the movie. But 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 it's uh, there's a couple of big things. Anyway, uh, I'll talk more about those in a second. But um, Heather, what wh- what don't you like about it? Uh, it's perfect. Okay. No, so <laughs> no I, I mean, if I was to have like the most put on my editor glasses, you know, nick nitpickiest of critiques in it, um, it would be that Jane's father is a completely useless character who, like, you could mm. you could remove from the story altogether and nothing changes. You know. Um, like I get it, sexism, and she can't possibly be a researcher. <laughs> and girl can only go along with father, but like, really, clearly, you know, um, there's inspirations with Jane Goodall and all, and all of this, and yeah. and yeah. like, just make her the researcher there with Clayton, and you don't need to pay for this voice actor. So, <laughs> uh, who is? Um... Madison King George. Um, Jesus Christ. I can't think of who it is off the top of my head. Who is? Let me look it up. Nigel Hawthorne. Nigel Hawthorne. Yes. 
Uh, right. Speaking of like paying for actors, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that's not a that's not a two bit you know yeah. B list <laughs> British actor that you're dealing with there. I think he did it for like a, a tenor, right? Like he's just <laughs> sure. I so I I will say like in defense of that character. Um, so first of all, that's one of the one of the elements of the book that is right. intact. A hundred percent. But I also think. So, so I can talk a little bit more about this later on, but like there is some historic history of like racism in Tarzan and um, colonialism that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that they make him the sort of bumbling, you know, like well, yeah. to- tourist colonialist <laughs> character um, who just sort of pays, you know, the way that like the fucking Trump kids just like go kill a lion like that sort of bullshit where it's like yeah whatever good good for you tough guy uh sort of making fun of that sort of british um aristocrat doing colonialism (laughs) thing um while making clayton the sort of clear you know sort of bad guy version of right right it's like Mm -hmm. two sides of the same coin so he gets to be the one who's the greedy um capitalist while the father has kind of a heart of gold but is sort of a bumbling would-be explorer who's not very good at it um it it worked for me in terms of trying to work in elements of the book that you have to have while also kind of poking fun at the hopelessly outdated attitudes of Mm -hmm. edgar rice burroughs and the books themselves um so i yeah I, i kind of I kind of agree that he could have been a bit less cartoonish, but I see why. Yeah, I you know, it's not the cartoonish like I don't, you know, make him the bumbling fool and, you know, poke fun at, at all of that a hundred percent. Just give him a yeah. purpose for being there. You know, his purpose sure. for being there is to be a bumbling fool. And, right. and you know, <laughs> like that's that's it. He did it, you know. So that's that's the only thing is I would just give him a moment whether good or bad, that is necessary yeah. for the plot to continue. Aside from just existing. I, <laughs> I my only big my only my only flaw, and it's the same thing with the Lion King, is like I want more young Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Like I really I really love the animation and the design of like the kid Tarzan. And I know that the direct to video sequel is all about that character. Yeah. Um, which also is consistent with Edgar Rice Burroughs, who like I think the fifth or sixth book in Tarzan is like Tarzan the young you know the the young Tarzan chronicles or whatever um so the idea of the sequel being a prequel comes directly from Burroughs but like I love the design of that character I love the way that character moves I really wanted more of him and it's almost like when Simba gets old and Lion King I'm like ah John may I recommend a film called Avatar the way of water uh let me write that one down Avatar the way when you um, get your 2022 podcast you can watch it then i had this idea heather that i was like i think every time our calendar turns over (laughs) we should move forward one year so now that we're in 2023 that we started talking about 2000 movies and john was like no and i was like all right i shot my shot we wouldn't get to that movie till 2045 and (laughs) and 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 i'll be i'll uh, the whole we won't have the internet i'll write the intro for it i'll do the intro for it don't worry about it 
Fair it enough. was number one at the box office. <laughs> um, no, I really wanted to see it. I, I couldn't. Actually, I didn't even see Black Panther. I'm like, I'm so fucking behind. In I would guess it was actually probably number two at the box office last year because it came out in December. I, I would I, yeah. I would imagine Top Gun made more money than that. Yeah. But we'll yeah. get to that in 2045. Don't worry about it. Anyway, <laughs> that's my gripe. The other one that I think is more substantial is that I, I the, the, the ending feels anticlimactic to me. Mm-hmm. In, in a way where I think this movie, like, builds a lot and and sort of... You mean Clayton hanging himself? Was it? <laughs> Oof! That's rough. My kid's like, what happened to him? I'm like, ah, oh, he broke his neck. Yeah. How? Ah. Oh, look, something else is happening. Cool, yeah. look at that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the next action set piece. Oh, look, he's sliding down the tree! Um, yeah, but, like... I don't know. There's, there's just the, the the movie has such this like giant scope and scale, and and then it's just like, and now they're swinging from trees with Jane, and now she like doesn't wear the same clothes anymore because she's one with nature. And I'm like, okay, that's sort of a that's fine to end it. I you um, know what I you know what I wish in that regard. I wish that we had like a training montage for her because like she goes from being yeah upstanding british aristocrat to like i can <laughs> i can pull off tony hawk you know they have he's not they have the one scene where he you know kind of like guiding her with the bike takes his hand off the vines and she's swinging that they they have that <laughs> that one moment for your training montage yeah but i want it to be like three minutes long and set to hearts on fire and really just recreate <laughs> rocky for okay i get that <laughs> Oh boy! Um, so I I was today years old when I found out that Edgar Rice Burroughs is an American. <laughs> He's not British. Like, thank you. I, I always assumed so. I'm I British, always... and I like you'd think I'd know that. And like John, nope. John just assumes everyone's British because he's British, and so he assumes everyone is yeah. British. It's very, it's very British racist of him. It is. Edgar Rice Burroughs was born very in Chicago. Huh. And like, let yeah. us have our racist. Stop trying to take our racist from us. When you have three names, and one of them is Burroughs. I, I'm going to have to assume you're British. Right. Especially when you was, write 100%, British when colonial you do fiction. Three, yeah, that's exactly where I was when you do three names. And, yeah, yeah right, something like Tarzan, you're British. Sorry, you are. <laughs> so to that point, one of the diversions that the, Phil, the Disney movie takes is that Jane and her father are not British. They are Southern... Slave owning, whatever they, I mean, they are like, she, they're from Baltimore. They are like oh, Southern. Oh, in the books, in his books. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They are like Southern aristocrats um, who go over to, to Africa to do some colonialism. That's it's okay. Famous Burroughs, like William S. Burroughs, and he's American, <laughs> right? Like, why do you think Brit? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. They're, Saffron Burroughs? They're, Who's Saffron Burroughs? They're pretty bad Brits, though. They think Queen Victoria is still alive in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they they do. It's very weird. Yeah. And Darwin's still alive. That's oh, Saffron Burroughs from Deep Blue Sea. We have such a Burroughs connection here. Look at this, John. Spell yeah, differently. This. Right, right. Spell differently, but still. This also has super smart animals, much like Deep Blue Sea. Uh, I think this movie is supposed to take place in the 19th century. 
1911 is when it takes place. You see the date in it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, then it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, I think it starts Star in the 1880s. I think it starts in the 1880s. It starts in the 1880s, yeah. But when okay. but when Jane is like, oh, you're going to meet Queen Victoria, you know, uh, she's dead by then, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, cancel this movie. Well, maybe it's like that guy no, who still thought World it. War II was taking place, you know, in the 70s, because, like, no one told him. He was on an island. That's, still, I was like, just like, did it take three years for them to get to Africa? I believe that. They, they probably it, got lost. Like... <laughs> um, the character of Tarzan, is, his real name is, uh, is, is John Clayton v- Viscount Greystoke. The character of Clayton in the movie is an invention, and his parents are the Claytons, right? So, so they are these they are these aristocrats on this like island adventure when when they get they get shipwrecked, you know, whatever. Um, so that yeah, they're on like a, a cruise and they get they get shipwrecked. But he is British royalty, uh, and so like one of the things that the um, that happens in the books is that he goes back to to England and reclaims his his viscount ship but then it's like fuck western civilization and then it goes back to africa to to be the lord of all of the african natives and it's not great oh but so yeah <laughs> cool but like one of them but better cuz he's white oh, uh, yes edgar rice burroughs was a eugenicist and a real big racist and uh yeah maybe that's why it took so long for disney to figure out how they were going to make this movie and maybe that's part of the reason why when it came out people were like tarzan that seems sort of outdated and colonial and fucked up so i don't know I, yeah I, it was I, still I, the sixth highest grossing film. it was number one phantom menace i'm sure we talked about it yes Heather, that's star wars i don't know if you were oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay Heather, have you seen any other Tarzan movies? I know there's only 45 of them, so, you know. No, I think... Did I see... I think I saw one of the straight to, like, VHS DVD sequels. There was a... Oh, okay, okay, Uh uh-huh. And then didn't they have... I might be making this up in my head, but didn't they have, like, a Disney Channel... Yes. ...like, show? I definitely saw that... That's definitely what I watched. I watched that for sure. Because it was him as the kid, right? I think. Uh, no, I think the sequel... No, the sequel was the him sequel as a kid. The second one was him as a kid. There's a third one called Tarzan and Jane. Where I didn't see that him. one. And I think the animated series was like grown-up Tarzan. But like maybe pre-Jane? I don't remember. But Yeah, but yes. I don't know. I, I did watch some of it. But I've never seen like any of the, you know, uh, live action, you know. I just found yeah, no. a list of 50 Tarzan movies on Letterboxd. Yep. I have it's your new podcast. Reco- no. <laughs> Tarzan, the part, yeah. I, too Tarzan, uh, too fast. I, I, I've, I have zero recollection that this movie exists that I saw in theaters. The Alexander Skarsgård one? The Legend of Tarzan 2016 yep. with yep. Alexander Skarsgård, Christoph Waltz, Samuel L. Jackson, and Margot yes. Robbie. It's great. And Jimon Hounsou. Yep. And Jim Broadbent. Yep. Like, what I don't a have cast! Yeah, it's any great. I like recollection of this. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm watching that this weekend. He's got long hair. I mean, like, I, you know, he's still got the shred of physique, but he looks like Tarzan and Margot Robbie. Is Margot Robbie Jane? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. she, yeah. Okay. It's good. It's good. Uh, I would recommend Greystoke, which is the one where Christopher Lambert plays Tarzan. 
Oh, Jesus. Um, is that re- that's real? It's really good. Like, I'm not, like, not, like, it's really good. Like, it got Oscars. Like, it's really good. Um, I just think of it as, I think of him as Raiden. And I try to picture <laughs> Raiden, Lord Raiden as Tarzan. And you, I don't I, see you mean it. You mean Highlander? Uh, it, yeah. No, I, I, Lord Raiden. Okay. God of Thunder. Okay. Mortal Kombat. Uh, it's really great. And it's the only movie that has led to a dog winning an Academy Award. For writing. Wait, what? Hold on, what? The writer of Greystoke, the original writer. Uh, Greystoke was... is two and a half hours long? It's really good. It's really good. It's on good. HBO Max. It's on HBO Max. It has a lot of things about it that you will very much like, um, including Rick Baker doing incredible work. Well, you know what I like about this movie? 90 minutes. In and 90 out. minutes. Yep. Well, that's the Disney That's the Disney formula. Um, but quick story. So the original writer of Greystoke, I can't remember what his name is. He's very famous. Uh, he quit or was fired halfway through. And then um, he was replaced, but his name was still on the credits. But he didn't want his name on the credits. So he had his name be his dog's name instead. And then the movie won an Academy Award for writing. And his dog is an Academy Award winning writer now. So Great. Ro- Robert Town. That's the one, yeah. Credited as P.H. Var- Vazak? Yeah, Vazak? That's, his do- that's his dog's name. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, aside from The Little Mermaid, what is your favorite Disney animated movie, Heather? Oh, gosh. I would probably have to go with probably would have to go with Mulan uh just because that one that one was like uh it meant a lot as a little girl to see a movie you know where it's it's another young woman just yeah being a, being a badass you know and that's 98 right so that's right yeah, before this right yeah. before this yeah but that that was one that I definitely watched a ton um and was super hyped for when that trailer dropped and and I still like love it to this day um yeah, I love that movie. Joey, do you have a favorite Disney animated movie? Uh, he's never seen them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never seen the ones that Heather likes. Uh, I watched recently for the first time The Emperor's New Groove. That's not my favorite, but I think that's, oh, that's great. Oh, that's a good one. It's so good. That one's really fun. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but when I saw Tangled, I loved Tangled. I love I'm just trying to think Tangled, of like yeah. actually pure Disney and not the Pixar thing. Yeah. It's, it's hard. is great. It's hard these days to like, because every time the animation looks so similar <laughs> now that that I always have to remember which is which. Well, but there's also, like, there's an aesthetic. Like, one of the things I loved about Frozen is that it figured, and, like, Tangles, that it figured out how to, like, look like one of those, yeah. you know, Renaissance-era 2D yeah. movies. Yeah, but, like, with the with the Pixar kind of gloss. And, and it's it's really great. Like, I love, I love the way that they're sort of honoring that tradition, which is why, that like, again, when I was watching Tarzan this time, I was like, oh, I kind of see where the transition is here. Mm-hmm. Um, I can kind of see how this was like the last big, great, epic 2D hand-drawn animation Disney yeah. film, but like they're they're sort of setting the the stage for like how the 3D CGI thing's gonna 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 play in. And I also think that like unlike in to this movie's credit, like unlike in Aladdin and Lion King, that the 3D computer generated stuff like was not not that gratuitous is the right word it didn't stand out to me it 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 blended so well 
with everything else that was going on. And it all seemed like it was essential. Like the scene where he's um, towards the end where he's on the, on the ship. Right. And there's that yeah. scene where he's like climbing the mast or whatever. And there's a lot of like CGI going on there, but it makes perfect sense. Like it, it fits so well with what's going on. And like it, it aids as opposed to sort of like, like the cave of wonder scene in Aladdin where it's like, well, that's, that's computer generated. And like, it sort of takes you out of it a little bit. So I, I think that's, that's to its credit as well. Yeah. I think my favorite Disney movie growing up was either Dumbo or Aladdin or the Lion King. I had to do a little bit of research, but I think okay. those are the big ones. Okay. I think The Lion King's my favorite of all time. Favorite I, movie of all time? Favorite Disney animated musical spectacle. Do your daughters have time. a favorite that was made before they were born? I'm sure that like Frozen and things that have come out in the last decade are probably... Well, Frozen was also predated some of them. Some of your children. Um, they but... loved this, and they were two of them were playing Tarzan for quite some time after it was over, um, including like crawling around on all fours and uh, jumping on furniture and that sort of thing. They liked The Lion King a lot, and I don't know. We've watched Beauty and the Beast of them once, but it's been a long time. They haven't watched a ton of like the. Mulan, they like they they but but like they are they are very much into the like Moana, mm-hmm. Frozen, Frozen Two, sure, um, Tangled, era. Um, we watched Cinderella with them recently, and they liked that a lot too. The original, so, the, the yeah, like the the, yeah. the original one. So, if you haven't seen Tarzan, go see Tarzan. It's really really good, and it's uh, on Disney it's Plus. Still, it's on Disney Plus, and it still holds up. Have you watched the sequel movies, Heather? Uh, if I have, I, I don't remember. I'm sure I have. They, they do not get good reviews. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I watched the majority of all the Disney, like, straight to VHS DVD sequel stuff, but they all... Yeah. You know, that was the time when everything was getting an animated show as well as Disney Channel, and it all just kind of, like... Yes. Blends in at a certain, certain point. Um, so, yeah, the only, like, sequel films I, like, distinctly remember Lion King. Um, I know for sure I've seen all of those. The Aladdin ones, I've for sure seen all of those. Um, I did see Pocahontas 2 and thought it was shit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Heather, do you have a favorite movie of 1999 that isn't Tarzan? I mean, if it is Tarzan, that's cool. That's a good answer. But do you have a, a one that's not this? Is it this movie? Do you think if you're, is your favorite movie this year this movie? Uh, it's, it's definitely up there, um, for sure. I'm doing a quick, like, what all came out in 99, because <laughs> I can't yeah. always remember. You're going to be here a while, because that's hard. No, I know, I know it's a giant, years. it's a giant list of, of just awesome stuff constantly. There was a Star Wars that yeah. year. There was a One Star, Star Wars. War. And I did, mm-hmm. I did really love that Star Wars. Um, Iron Giant is really up there. Oh yeah. For me, I also like speaking yeah, of 2D animation. Yeah, I, I love love that one. Um, we just covered that on your favorite podcast, Too Fast Too Forever. Princess Mononoke came out in the U.S. that year. Like it's a it's a great yeah. 2D animation year in yeah. addition to 3D animation. Like holy shit. Yeah. Also, we mentioned before, but South Park. South Park. Never seen that. Never seen the movie. Oh, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> it's really um, good. I've also never seen it's an episode funnier than Tarzan, I will so. say that. Pokemon's first movie came out this year. Never well. seen that. I haven't either. I've never seen any Pokemon I, anything. I think Me I either. saw that in theaters. That might have been another one. We might have be up to three that I saw in theaters. Wow. 
That's the one that's like Mewtwo Strikes Back or whatever. What's it called? It's called... No, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Is that the first one or is that the second one? It's called Mewtwo Strikes Back. Pokemon, the first movie, movie? Mewtwo Strikes Back, which should be the second movie if you're going by the Star Wars conventions. But, um, (laughs) yeah. Should be uh, Charizard A New Hope or whatever. That's not not the name. Charizard. Whatever. I've never seen a single Pokemon anything or play the game. Sherazad, like Sherazada, like, like my friend's band from college. Yeah, Sherazada. What is your favorite movie of all time, and why is it Too Fast, Too Furious? Ooh. Why is it Too Fast, Too Furious? It would have to be. It's not. <laughs> it's, it, it would be Too Fast, Too Furious. I did enjoy Too Fast, Too Furious, though. Oh uh, God, as Joey why? knows, <laughs> we we really kind of big brained her into liking these movies eventually. That's. I am going to Her stay favorite is with you. Furious Seven, though it is, it is. It, nothing will beat that. You have too fast. You have too fast as five of nine, which is wild. But yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the only one I've seen, as we've talked about in this podcast. Is that the only one, one you've seen? It's the only one I've seen. <laughs> That's wild. Oh, Joey, uh, Tyler wants me to sit down and rewatch all the fast movies before may with him and i told him over my dead mommy so <laughs> you should rewatch five though because five is a prequel to 10 what 10 is a sequel to five i'll, I'll put it at that oh watch five five is also the best one uh, all right what is your favorite movie i don't have is it one. star Wars? is it new hope you don't have one either but if, if you if you're at a party and my and God. someone forces you uh, to answer someone, the question. Someone, you can say Paddington 2. You can say Paddington 2 is up there. Um, if someone had gun to my head and I had to give a favorite movie, I'd probably... The one I always tend to go to recently is Take Shelter. Um, I love that movie. Ooh, Jeff Nichols movie. That's cool. A yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Inside Lewin Davis is another one that, that I go back to a lot, too. I think cool. someone else said Inside Lewin Davis at some point on this that podcast. That movie is or at least 10 years it. old now. It's I would have wild. guessed longer. No, 2013. Oh, wow. John, I think, the, I think the episode's when we had Ethan and Joel Cohen on to talk oh, about. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that famous episode that we mm-hmm. have yet to release for some reason. I don't know why, yeah. we're, why we're sitting on that one. But um, one of these days, we'll release the episode where the Cohen brothers were our guest. Did they do a movie this year, or did they skip this year? Stuart Little. Did they do a movie this year, or did they skip 99? this year? I don't, I don't you mean 99 or 2023? This year, I always mean 99. I don't think so. Big Lebowski was 98. Yeah, the next one was Oh Brother. And then I think The Man Who Wasn't There. Oh, Oh Brother was 2000. Yeah. Oh Brother. Yeah, so they straddle this. They only did movies in, in even years, 94, 96, 98, 2000, and then Man Who Wasn't There was 2001. So, yeah. Anyway, this is fun uh i really enjoyed revisiting this movie um i'm glad i might I'm, I'm sure i've seen it some other time besides that time on the plane but i'm really glad that i got to sit <laughs> well down yeah this and past watch week it, like... <laughs> yeah no aside from that i i'm sure i've seen it one other time at least as well because i remember being like that was good i should watch it in a real setting and i know that i did uh but it was nice to 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 sit down and watch it in like 4k glory um yeah. on disney plus streaming um, and remember how how good it is, and how great the cast is, and how great the animation is, and um, just what a very sort of lovely and beautiful and 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 tight movie it is, and and Wayne Knight's in it, and uh, that's just a thing that happens in movies in '99. Wayne Knight shows up in. <laughs> 
uh, Heather, before we leave, do you, is there anything you want people to, to, to know? Um, advertise yourself. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is... Uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, say hello, talk more to me about Tarzan um, and not Fast and the Furious, uh, check me out at, at Heather Antos on all of the things. That's it. That's all I got. Awesome. John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease the next movie three different ways. Go ahead. Number one, a friend, a review on Letterboxd from a friend of mine. This movie truly is the deep blue sea of haunted house movies. Okay. Ooh. I will is that Mark? say is that, that's not Mark, right? No. Does Mark like this movie? Okay. I right, don't know. He hasn't rated it. He also doesn't really use Letterbox the way he should. Number two, I will say the top tagline on IMDb: a Yandabont film. Yes. And then the most popular review on Letterboxd: Catherine Zeta-Jones, sex. Owen Wilson, wow. So, yeah. Also, in in, ter- in terms of talking about beautiful, glorious 4K resolution, this just got remastered. It's coming out very soon. So that's a lot of clues. There's context clues. I, I know nothing about this movie other than it's it doesn't have a good reputation, maybe? Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones was in two incredibly bad movies in 1999, and Lily Taylor was in much better haunted house movies than this. And... That's all I'll say <laughs> until we discuss the mystery movie two weeks the next episode. And we're not watching Entrapment, but look out for Frog. Look out for Frog. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Yes, you be my heart.